This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. But it's an open topic show, so we're looking for your questions to get your projects completed around the house. A new way to do that, really cool and really fun, if you have the MPB Public Media app, which is free on uh, iTunes and Google Play, uh, MPB Public Media app is what it's called. If you've got that, go to it, uh, open it up, and go to the Talk to Us feature in the menu, and you can send us a, a two-minute message, video, audio, any way you like. Uh, just send it over to us, and we can get it right on the air. That's the coolest thing ever. I'm I so know. glad we're doing Who came up with that idea? That's awesome. It had to be Java. Yeah. Yeah, he comes up with all the He's good the stuff. He's the smartest one in the room. He is. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you this morning, Pam? Well, I'm wondering, can we talk about Jeff since he's not here? <laughs> you, you can, but not bad. <laughs> I was thinking about what is the funniest story I have on Jeff. And actually, I think this was Jeff. You know, I'm getting to that age where I don't remember things right. Right. Years ago, one of the things we do as home inspectors is that we're filling the water up in the tubs and the sinks. And, you know, and I tell you, a big thing that we find is that on a second floor, we'll fill Mm -hmm. the tub up to the overflow drain. And right. that's the overflow drain is that and it's also a vent for the tub, but it's mm-hmm. that little circular thing where you a lot of times the toggle will be for the drain. Yeah, right up under there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right in the middle. Sometimes the toggle's not there, it's just one of those that the drain you just screw it on. But anyway, right. we were filling this brand new house, we're filling the uh tubs up all the way to the top. And the reason we do that is that sometimes <laughs> That overflow drain is not connected, and guess what Oops. happens? Oh, no. You get a rain shower on the first floor. Oh, no. And it's not fun, and I think it was <laughs> it's one of his houses. And, I mean, stuff happens, but we're standing. He and I are talking at the island in this beautiful kitchen, and all of a sudden this water starts dripping, and both of us just mm-hmm. stood there and <laughs> Well, better to happen with the contractor standing there. Yeah, yeah. So I shot up the stairs and turned the water off. Yeah, Yeah, it just, you know, building a house, it's like Jeff says, you know, if somebody watched a house being built from the ground up, they'd never buy it. it. No, you wouldn't. You would not. It is a, it is orchestrated chaos. Okay. I, uh, uh, I got an interesting little email uh, uh, this week, and I thought it was fun because I've I, I I used to have the same issue here, and Pam, I've been in your garage and I've seen your tools and everything else, but this this was uh really interesting to me. Hello, I need recommendations to prevent my tools from rusty. Uh, mine, the screwdrivers and wrenches and stuff are stored in a toolbox in the garage and are rusting terribly. Right, row. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the neat things that you can do that I've done with my, my tools used to just rust constantly. And I figured this out over, over time. Is it like, say, take a, a, a pair of pliers or a screwdriver. Okay. And if, if say you want to clean it off, well, spray it with WD-40 and wipe it off with a cloth well there's no way to completely wipe off 
WD-40 no. with a cloth. Do you know what WD-40 stands for? Water displacement. You know why it's 40? It's the 40th time they tried it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Give the man a T-shirt. That's right. Absolutely. WD-40. So uh, WD is water displacement. And and so once you put WD-40, say, on the screwdriver or pliers or anything like that, you wipe off the excess. You're not wanting grody, you know, tools. But I'll say this. Once it's done that, the, the water won't penetrate WD-40. And your tools will not get rusted if they've got that on there. Yeah, no, that's because here in the South, we got humidity. Right, constantly. Yeah, so there's water particles in the air. Right. And so let me let me give you some caution, though. Don't put WD-40 on the handle of your pliers, or you'll never hold them again. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they will slip out of your hands. Every, yeah, and i tell you another thing you, uh, I would recommend to the person who, who sent the email in. Double check and make sure you don't have any corrosive chemicals stored next to your tools. Ooh, ooh. If you've got, and, and we see this all the time, also open up your cabinets. And if you've got, if you take a bottle of Clorox, everybody's mm-hmm. got some, or a cleaning solution that's got Clorox in right. it, any type of chemical that the vapor is corrosive, mm-hmm. well, if you put that under your sink, let's say you're going to put it in your bathroom sink, right? and you use it, and then you don't screw that top on real tight, uh-huh. the next time you open your cabinet, every metal thing under there is going to be rusted really mm-hmm. yep wow that blows my mind see it and and so and, and you just think about it in in the old and older homes the valves for water were metal oh yeah <laughs> so now let's throw a corrosive chemical underneath there with a corrosive vapor mm-hmm. and close it in let's shut the door right let's make it really good for the party right now you start rusting away a water valve yeah, and one of those. Wow, that's and, a mess. And it's only going to leak when you go to the beach. Right, right. <laughs> For two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, and another thing that I thought of, I've mentioned this on the show before, and um, and this was, uh, I, I forget who this particular uh, uh, question was from, but I did want to say this. I tried this a few years ago also. If you have small tools that you don't want to, like, spray WD-40 on, something like that, uh, if you have a toolbox, get a toolbox, and 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 I've said this on the show many times, but the if you ever are like, if you buy a pair of shoes, right, and you look in the box in the shoe, there'll be this stuff called silica gel that they say do not eat. That yes. stuff exists to keep the moisture out mm-hmm. to to get rid of humidity. So so. If you have about four of these little packets that you're not supposed to eat, throw them in the bottom of your toolbox. You'd be shocked. At it's how a much great I- it's you know, that's a great idea. I actually keep those things and use them for like sometimes in my uh, supplements. I don't know about you, but I am taking a handful of supplements right. every day. <laughs> so I keep it kind of, I keep it stored in there. But yeah, those things are awesome. They are. And you can use them for lots of different things. You can put, you know, a couple of them in the back of a drawer mm-hmm. that you're having a problem with mm-hmm. or something like that. And it will, it will handle, it'll help you with the moisture. But. I love the idea of putting it in a toolbox. That's a great idea. I actually, um, in my shop, 
I have, um, and I collect tools. I mean, it's just amazing the things that I will find. But I have a box with all my screwdrivers, different sizes, and my wrenches and, you know, all that stuff. So that's a great idea. I may go home and, and see if I can't round up some of those things and put it in those boxes. You know, I just I just got a red flag when you talked about these screwdrivers. I, I, I've just got to know because I know how organized you are. Are these screwdrivers uh, – are they set up uh, like by size and weight and all that and all that other? I I'd know how you organize. T- I know. I'd love to tell you that. No, I just throw them in there. Okay, but I know okay, that I'm I know that curious. that's the box with the screwdrivers. Right. <laughs> and the reason, let me, I give you a little history here. The reason I bought my house mm-hmm. whenever I bought it thirty years ago mm-hmm. is because when I went in, it smelled like my grandparents, which basically mean it meant it smelled like cigarettes. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I grew up with with them smoking all the time. Right. But and they they had a house up in the Delta. But another thing that they had at that house mm-hmm. was a tool shed and it was a workshop and my grandfather had this awesome metal building in his backyard there mm-hmm. in Greenwood Mississippi and we used to play in that thing all the time and I loved how it smelled why not why not play around a bunch of sharp objects that are yeah t- it's yeah. amazing my brother and I <laughs> got, got to adulthood really because we were in there all the time but when I bought this house it had this awesome uh, workshop shed in the back. There was the guy that I bought it from did refrigeration repair, so it, that's why that building is there. And whenever oh, I no. saw that house and I smelled those cigarettes, <laughs> those old uh, wet cigarettes, I was oh, and it had the whole house fan that we, oh, well, you know, you gotta. and we, yeah, yeah. So I was like sold. Okay. My mother told me I was making a mistake of colossal proportions, and at times I really believe she was right. <laughs> Thirty years ago, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? Um, I did want to say, if you uh, have not been personally affected, but sh- uh, if you would share this information with someone that you know that might be affected by the recent storms uh, in the Delta and other places in the state, I did want to say FEMA assistance is available for residents in Carroll, Humphreys, Monroe, Montgomery, Panola, and Sharkey counties. And you can apply online at disasterassistance.gov or by calling 800-621-3362. The deadline to apply is May 25th. So I just want to make sure yeah, to get you got that a little there. time. And you know, I was re-listening to our podcast the other day when we had the executive director of the contractor's Yes, board on here. Board yeah, and she was talking about uh, common scams. So if you've not heard that show, you may want to go back and listen to that podcast. That's a that's a great idea. So, but do do uh, look out for that. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. He's out this week, but we're going to keep on going. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to mention this. You had talked about an electrical thing that you came across, and I thought that's got to be a million to one problem. Uh, but you mentioned you you knew some people that were having some flickering lights in their home. Yeah, the lights. They bought a new washing machine, and every time that washing machine would cycle, the lights would dim. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm, and they're calling me, and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's the washing machine. But they called an electrician who was there two or three times. 
trying to figure out what the problem was and never could. And finally, he said, call energy or call the electric company. Right. Okay. So the electric company, they called and they said that was anyway, it took them several different calls. Mm -hmm. And finally, they get a call from an engineer with the electric company Mm -hmm. who says, I flagged your account because you've called so many times. (laughs) And these friends are very persistent. I kudos to them. They get a, they get a star for, I'm not giving up on this problem. Right. So the, I'm not going to go through all the diagnostic, but Mm -hmm. what it ended up being when the engineer went out there and this is a neighborhood that was developed out in Madison County, neighboring, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, County here. And the neighborhood started to be developed in the early 90s. Okay. Okay. Uh So that kind of gives you an idea. Right. Well, they had underground power. Mm -hmm. So the transformer, you know, in my neighborhood, which is much older than that, the transformer's on a pole. Right. In the air. Yeah. It's way up in the air. But in these newer, and I'm in quotes here, subdivisions, the transformer is in this big box. Yeah. The green box. The green box. Big green box. Big green box. So when the when this engineer opened up the big green box, he was going to put one of the uh, like a monitor on the on their account so they could kind of see see what was up. But when he opened it, the aluminum feeds and these are these big wires Uh that match the transformer to your house. Uh Those aluminum feeds did not have what we call antioxidant paste on them. And he noticed the same stuff you eat. No, 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 don't please don't eat (laughs) antioxidants. Yeah, that's going to be a bad day if you start licking on that stuff. It's the the antioxidant paste is what you put on wire so they do not oxidize. And when a wire starts to oxidize, like an aluminum wire, if it starts to oxidize, it turns white. It gets pasty. That's how, is that how aluminum, I guess, corrodes? Yes. Okay. Yes. And if there is no paste on there to slow that down, Mm -hmm. the wire will turn white. And after a while, the oxidation will become so intense that you've lost your connection. That's what happened to these lights? That's what happened. There was not a good connection from the source to the house, so every time that new washing machine came on, the lights dimmed. See, I've seen, you know, like, uh, and I, I've been in homes, uh, and I've had homes where, you know, you turn on the microwave, and the lights dim in the kitchen. Yes, you know, in the mic, you know, in. But I can't imagine that happening, and that end up being a problem with the power company. And well, not something in my home. That blows my mind. My next question to my friends was that, I wonder if that engineer is going to have every one of those transformers in that neighborhood checked. Looked at, yeah. Because either they ran out of antioxidant paste <laughs> at that transformer, or none of them have it. And let me mention that Yikes. to our homeowner, uh-huh. if you've got, and we've been calling this for years, and I hate that Jeff, Jeff just listening, maybe he can call in and give us some insight on this, but... I just went to a code class. I have to have certifications through the International Code Council, which mm-hmm. I found out is a private organization. Huh. It's not even a government organization. It's a <laughs> private for-profit business oh. that writes our codes. And keep going. Yeah. So I went to this class, and do you know there is no code that says aluminum wiring has to have antioxidant paste? Ah. But... The manufacturer specifications on aluminum wires say it should. So they didn't read the instructions. Well, 
you know, and that just tells you the difference between anyway, we won't even go there. That's we're going to jump in the weeds and we really don't want to be in the weeds today. But let me say this. We have been calling out for years the absence of antioxidant paste on aluminum wires and the code officials in some jurisdictions don't care. Now, because it's not code, they're not required. They're not requiring it. But the reason I started doing that is I started noticing in older neighborhoods, the aluminum Mm -hmm. wiring was white. Ah, so it was all oxidizing. So it was oxidizing. So that's going to lose the connection. So if if your house, if the lights are dimming, Mm -hmm. what you may want to do is talk to, the first thing I would do is call energy because these folks spent hundreds of dollars with an electrician. That's why I wanted you to bring this up because my first thought when you said that, I'm like, oh, I'm checking the bulb. You know, calling the electric company had no, that didn't even. Yeah, it's not even on the radar. uh -uh. Yeah. And then like I've got a house I was telling you, I've got this house I'm going to tomorrow. A very, it's an enormous, I mean, it's huge, big, big, Mm -hmm. big, big house. And I was talking with the contractor who's going to do the remodels Uh the other day. And he said, you know, half the house doesn't have power. (laughs) (laughs) And I learned years ago what that means if you if you lose power in half your house, uh-huh. this is what's happened. You've lost a leg. Okay, <laughs> that a, doesn't that doesn't mean you're hopping around on one foot. That's exactly what I had. Yeah, in my I know mind. that's what I thought whenever right. my friends call me because I usually learn these things because people my right. friends will call and go, "What's going on?" The uh, it's the you have two legs going from two legs of power going mm-hmm. from the transformer to your house, right? And there's probably more. I'm probably wrong on that. But let's just say there's two. Mm-hmm. So if you've got two legs and one of those legs becomes disconnected, maybe it's oxidized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. The The only other place I remember on the show here where we've talked about the two legs of power is when we've talked about fixing a dryer. Because one of the legs of power on the dryer, there, there are two. In other words, and one can go out and the dryer doesn't work anymore. Right. So, well, if one of the legs goes out between the source of power at your transformer and your house, mm-hmm. then half your li- half your house will not work. And it, sometimes it'll be random. It's just a really weird. I'm not an electrician, right? But that you know. Anyway, I wanted to bring it up because my friends, we were just laughing about it. That it ended up being something like oxidation paste. Uh, in another location, I would have been chasing it around my house. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So anyway, really interesting situation, but the it has a happy ending. Right. They were able, now they can run their washing machine and all their lights work right. Right. Hey, I got an email here. It says, a while back, a caller mentioned their shower drain was clogged. I now get this. I, I know that you have a method for 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 drains, Pam. But this person said I have had success by using get this a shop vac on the drain, and you cover the overflow hole and then suck out the drain using a shop vac. It reverses what has been plugged. Good luck, William. I I, I thought about that. That almost scared me a little bit. Uh, adding a vacuum or suction to the lines. I don't know what that might do, but, but. Uh, you could pull some really interesting things. <laughs> right, right. He says it worked. Now, you had a method, and we, we typically talked about this method with like a kitchen sink, but you can do this on a bathtub also. Yeah, let me talk about showers. Uh-huh. And because I learned this from my buddy, uh, uh, John Kelty with Kelty Tile and Marble. Um, if you, because he he did he redid my shower. It's not. It's been twenty years ago now. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've got a tile shower. Right. 
your tile shower drain actually has weep holes in it. Huh. Okay? Right. So because what happens is that the and I'm gonna try to explain this. Whenever okay. you put the drain in, it's got not only does it have a hole on the top, it's got holes on the side. And the holes on the side are for the water that will accumulate beneath your tile and above what we call the mud bed. Right. All right. So that water flows down towards that drain. If it can't get out, then it will create the nastiest odor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because now you, you're holding water mm-hmm. underneath the tile and above the mud bed. So you can't see it. And it can't get out. Huh. Now, there's something that you can do, and you're going to think I've lost my mind, but I, I learned this. If we use, if you use fancy soap, mm-hmm. like the really, you know, fancy soap, right? Yeah, you know, a body wash or whatever, that stuff will begin to, and I don't know what the word is, but it crystallizes. That's a good word. It crystallizes in that drain mm-hmm. and will clog up those weep holes. What? I know. What? This is new info. <laughs> yeah. So what you can do is if you'll take the top, you have to undo the little screws on your drain. If mm-hmm. you'll take those off, and then if you'll get a coat hanger, because <laughs> a shop vac won't work. Okay. If you get a coat hanger, a metal coat hanger, that which is a little hard to find these days, but if you can go to the cleaners and get your We one. need the no more wire hangers clip right now, yeah, Java. Yeah. I don't know where you yeah. are. So, but you need a hook, and if you'll take that and Put it down in your drain. You will find that that little ridge where mm-hmm. it goes up to the weeps. Mm-hmm. And if you start scraping that thing around, all kinds of stuff will fall out. Really? Yeah. And Yikes. I actually do this in my – I did it um, – well, it was so funny. John was like, what kind of soap are you using? I was like, what's that got to do with the price? Right. I, so I, mm. it, it was. It was crystallizing that drain and causing it to clog up. That is nuts. I know. Isn't that crazy? So the more you spent on your soap, the worse off the worse you were for your drain. Absolutely. Huh. So what I did is I went back to cheap soap <laughs> and I got my coat hanger. And, and now I everybody cleaned. stands a little further back. Yeah, because the shop back's not going to get that out. You have to literally, and you'll see it as you scrape. It's like this white crystallized stuff right. that, that comes out. But that's a good way. But I also use, I tell people, hot water. But that's still not going to That's still not going to work. No. Once it crystallizes... The hot water's not going to work. Well, I tell you, regular hair clogs, uh, I've tried this at my house. Uh, my wife's on me right now about this to go do it again. But, And I found this I found this product years ago, and I, I don't like talking products, but it really did work for me. Uh, and I don't know, a lot of different products you can use, but it's called a drain weasel. Is that the little plastic it's thing? It's the little plastic with the little, thing. With the little teeth on it? And it well, in the little teeth, it doesn't have the teeth. What, this one is kind of like the thing with the teeth on it. But what it has on the end, it's a it's kind of a long plastic straw looking thing. Okay. Obviously bendy, so it will, will go down in there, but not so bendy that it will, you know, you can push it just down. Just the in right there. bendy. Just the not right bendy. Not too much bendy, not right. too less bendy. Perfect. Just perfect bendy. But at the end of this, it has, you know, uh, uh, Velcro. Mm-hmm. You know, the side of Velcro that's kind of hard, that's got the little hooks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I do. It's got that on the end. Huh. And then at the top, you have a rotator thing. So you stick this thing way down into your drain. It goes about maybe a foot and a half into your drain. And um, uh, you start. You crank it. You crank it. And that uh, that those little tiny micro hooks on the on the uh, on the Velcro side pick up every Everything. piece of hair. And you are going to be 
horrified <laughs> by what you bring out with them. You may want to put a put a, a clip on your nose because it gonna smell pretty it's, bad. It's really not pleasant at all. <laughs> no, but it's, anyway, that's but, uh, it's just a, that's a thing that I've used in the past, and I'm about to have to do again. Anyway, just <laughs> all right. Orion is in the on the line in Memphis. What's going on? Yes, um, I don't know for what it's worth. Um, I'm old and uh, machetted, as they say. But um, I remember there was a a massive fight between the manufacturers of uh, copper wire and uh, aluminum wire. The idea was aluminum felt that it would be cheaper to use aluminum to uh, transmit uh, electrical power. Right. Uh, AT&T got in on uh, on the idea with Western Electric, their manufacturing operations. And it just so happens that my first job was uh, with them at uh, that time. And uh, the aluminum people had to prove absolutely, even the absurdest um, positions as to why aluminum should not have been used. And uh, I give them credit. They came through, especially headed by Alcoa and uh, Kaiser Aluminum. Um, so, um, I am amazed to find out or to hear that, um, it's not required by uh, code. I think it does. And, uh, somebody needs to look at that because that fight was one of those, one of those fights that, uh, people should remember. Um, they didn't just wake up yesterday and start using aluminum wires. You know, and, that's uh, interesting you I say that. I remember that, so I thought I'd call and pass it on for what it's worth. Thanks thank you, so O'Reilly. Bye-bye. Yes, thank, thank you, you. Actually, what he's talking about was back during, and I, I'm going to get all my dates wrong, but, right. back, you know, back back when I was, my, well, back when my hair was brown. <laughs> right. Um, there was a push to use, because copper was not readily available. Right. Okay. So they're becoming were try- more expensive. Yeah. yeah. And they were trying to figure out a way to, to use a product. I think it was during one of the wars and I mm-hmm. can't remember, Korean war maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they found out pretty quick that small gauge, what are the smaller wires, right. small aluminum wiring, um, had a tendency to get brittle, oxidize, mm-hmm. i.e., and so, and, and it became a fire hazard. Right. All right. Now, some of it, um, it if, if it was put in correctly and all the, you know, we still have houses. There's a neighborhood here close to us that I inspect all the time and there's aluminum wiring mm-hmm. in there. The large gauge, though, aluminum wiring is used all the time. Right. All the time. And I'm talking about, and I can't remember if you'd call this a one-alt or a two-alt, but these are the wires that are going from your transformer into the house. So, okay, so like the wires that we see strung from a pole to a pole, is that aluminum? I believe that it is, yes. Interesting. I could I could be wrong about that. Right. All I know is that whenever I look into a panel, what we do as home inspectors is we pull that main panel outside and we check all those wires to make sure they're okay. Uh-huh. And the large gauge, the the wire coming from the transformer into the house, mm-hmm. most of the time is aluminum. Every once in a while, I'll see that it's copper, but it's right. it's aluminum. And what we will do is we will check and make sure that the the, the, the aluminum paste is on there. Right. It, there are some places in town, new construction, where the code inspectors are not requiring that. Right. And I have been told from them is that it's not in the code. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But the manufacturer 
says. And right. so that argument um, that he's referencing, that was one of the I'm sure that was one of the issues. Well, I know that. that uh, and Jeff has talked about this a lot on the show, starting in the, I guess, late 60s and early 70s, the fires that started going up from aluminum wiring in yeah. homes. Yeah, it was it was tragic, actually, be, uh, because that wire oxidizes, then it gets brittle and then it breaks mm-hmm. and then it begins to arc. And if it arcs in your wall, it will light something up. It can actually light something up. So there are some solutions. And let me just go ahead and throw out some solutions. And we may have an electrician call in right. to talk about this as well. If I were ever going to purchase a home that has aluminum wiring, mm-hmm. I would have an electrician go in and pigtail off the aluminum. So with a um, and there are specific types of uh, bites or clamps that yes, you can there use. Are. And you use from the aluminum to the fixture itself. Right. And you know, it's interesting if uh, if you do have aluminum wiring in your home, and you'll know because, you know, if you know what aluminum, you know, it's going to be kind of like that uh, pale metal look. You yeah, know. it's silver. Yeah, if you silver open metal. up your if you opened up your service box inside right. and looked in and all of the wires are silver, you've got aluminum wire. Right. So if you have aluminum wiring, but you want to, say, install a, a fixture that has, say, copper wires coming off of it, do you know that you need a different type mm-hmm. of, of of twisty to put on the end of it to combine those two wires together because copper and aluminum don't like each other? They don't like each other. And that's my biggest concern whenever I inspect one of these houses is if there have been updates, mm-hmm. did they use the right Wiring harnesses or yeah, the wiring. It, yeah. it did, and I can't go around and unconnect every single one of them. Right. So that would be my concern is to get somebody over here to look at it to make sure that those mm-hmm. updates. And I actually have been recently in, in the last year was in a house where I happened to go up in the attic and, I, and the junction boxes had not been covered. And I looked down wow. and aluminum and copper had been twisted together without the lugs. Oh, without the like, without the purple lugs. Yeah, huh? this is this is going to be a problem. <laughs> You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. All right. So I'm going to go straight to an email here, Pam. And uh, this one is is a little trickier. Please give me advice. A part of my front yard is sinking. I moved into this house in December of 2012. I noticed that one of the areas of the yard was lower and I did some dirt fill. So we went and did some dirt fill in this yard. This helped for a while, but it continues to sink. Now, why? uh, Who do I call to tell me what's going on? I called for utilities to mark what services were in the area. Um, The only thing marked was electrical and uh, cable. No water, no sewer, no gas marked. Um, Please give me suggestions. Now, we have heard on this show that depending on um, the, the age of the home, things like that, you may not be able to detect some of say, the plumbing that's down there. Uh, wh- what do you think about this? this? This same portion of the yard continues to sink. They've filled it, but it keeps coming back. And they, they can't see that there's any water or sewer issue going on there. I'd ask a couple of questions. Yeah. <clears throat> um, number one is how green is the grass? <laughs> oh, 
That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's nice and 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 you know if that part of the air if that part of the yard is lush is lush. <laughs> <laughs> It's either a sewer problem or an underground spring. Right. Uh, there's a. I, I did a, these inspections. It's it's been several years since I've been in this neighborhood, but the whole thing was built on a spring. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They started having the houses started having mold issues because uh, the houses were built on a spring. <laughs> okay. And so it never dried. I mean, there was water that was coming up through it all the time, and this was the entire neighborhood. So it was a real interesting situation. How do you I, fix that? Uh, I Leave? don't. I don't. I'm not that smart. Right. I don't. I just said there was a problem, and, and they got to figure it figure it out. So the first thing I would ask is how how green is the grass? Another thing, a <clears throat> couple of things. Like in my personal experience, I had a pool, a swimming pool filled in uh-huh. about 20 years ago, and I was dealing with sinkholes for a minute. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because it just takes a while for everything to get compacted. Right. So it could be that there was some type of a sinkhole there. I would look around. Are there any springs around the area? It's weird. They said they moved into the house in December 2012. So that was a minute ago. Yeah, 11 years. Um, and, And it was there then. They filled it. And it's coming back. And it's so. still doing it. Another thing that could happen is that if you had a large tree there at some point in time, let's say in, in oh, and 10, they brought the tree. and oh. they took the tree down, and then they ground the stump. Well, what you have to remember, folks, is that what you see on the top of the ground is double that under the ground. <laughs> right. So it's going to fill that space back in. Yeah. You've got roots and, you know, there's this. Uh, anyway, trees are connected under the ground. That's a great point. That's a great idea. If you removed, especially a large tree, a big old tree, a big oak or something uh-huh, like that and ground that stump. Well, it's going to take a while for those uh, years, all, years yeah. and years for everything underneath to deteriorate and die. Uh-huh. So that's why I always caution people people about taking down a large tree next to your house because you're gonna have some type of settlement right there if all you do and of course the cheapest thing to do is just to cut the tree down and grind the stump and be done with it right what really needs to happen is that the whole area needs to be excavated and then backfilled oh and if you don't do that You've got deterioration underground, and it just continues to happen. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And if you've got, let's say you take down a 200-year-old tree yep. to get your home there, yep. uh, my God, that could take 50 years for that thing oh, to yeah. rot out. Well, and they're actually, uh, I live in an area of town where there's a lot of development and a lot of mm-hmm. building going on. And what they do, and it breaks my heart, but they go in and they tear these trees down, mm-hmm. okay? Then they dig down, and excavate all the dirt that was there. Right. So they're getting out all the roots, and then they come back in with backfill. Huh. Well, you're not going to do that if you got a big tree next right. to your house. You know, you can't afford to hire somebody yeah. to come and do all that stuff. You grind so, the stump and cover it up with leaves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. But what's under the ground. And so that could be what's going on, too. And That's it's just, a great idea. Just yeah. a, you just have to kind of continue to fill it. And I would fill it with, um, and I'm kind of doing this right now in my yard, is every spring I buy me some play sand. And I find all the holes in my yard <laughs> and, and fill it up with with sand. I remember this funny story. So my folks had a place out at Deerfield Country Club, which mm-hmm. is an adjoining town out here. My dad loved to play golf. So we're on the golf course. And I can remember standing and it's pouring down rain. And my dad is out there spreading sand. 
because if you put sand out before it rains, it will level it. Oh. So he's soaking wet out there, <laughs> you know, moving sand around. And I have to tell you, I've been known to do the same thing. Well, <laughs> and I have to tell you that two things that you put together that I just, you know, sand and water together are really... Well, mm. just think about the beach. Whenever that those waves are coming up on that sand, right? It's flat. Yeah, that's true. It's all flat. It's all the same size. It's all the same. It's level. Right. It's that's all true. level. Right. I gotta there. do that. I gotta get some sand. I never thought about that. Is the plate? Is the play sand more expensive than the like? Is there construction sand? Well, there's construction sand, and you can take a pickup and get it put in there. But um, I'm 61 years old, so I can't pick up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I got gotcha. you. So I do things in tiny little bites. Okay. So I'll get the sand, and I've got this little Polaris, and I'll 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 go to the uh, the home and garden place or one of the big box stores, and I'll buy the sand. Well, then the guy puts it in my pickup, and I'm like, would you put it at the very end? And he's like, well, sure. And then I go home and I drag that sand from the back of that pickup right. <laughs> into my Polaris. And then I drive around and I put the sand on the very end. I mean, my Polaris got a little dump thing on the back. And I pull it to the end and then I pour that sand in that hole, spread it out, and then it will level itself whenever it rains. I'm just having a blast picturing you on a Polaris. Oh man, I love the little that. beady. I love, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I love that, and it's it's substantial now, and it's electric. I like. I don't have. I don't want to deal with gas anymore. Okay. So anyway, okay. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Also, we've got a cool new feature called Talk to Us on the MPB public media app. So you can get that free on uh, Google Play or uh, I- iTunes. And uh, just go download that, and you can, for free, just go to the Talk I'm to gonna, Us feature. I'm going to download that. Tell me again how, what, what it's called. I can look it up on that in the uh, app store. Yep, uh, the MPB public media app. And in the menu, there's a thing that says, talk to us. Go to that, pick your show, and you can say whatever you want. So uh, we got somebody uh, from Talk To Us right now. Let's go, Java. Hi, I wanted to know about how to get rid of mold. Uh, Our bathroom has a window and not a vent. And so sometimes that steam comes out into the hallway. And now I'm noticing mold uh, on the ceiling in like the upper walls. How do I get rid of that? Wow, that's a fantastic question. Perfect way to use the talk to us feature, too. Yeah, yeah, that was, I, I like that a lot. All right. Yeah. So, Pam, uh, what do you think? So, she's got a window in the bathroom. But no vent fan. Right. Yeah, I would try to figure out how to get some air circulation in the bathroom, either a ceiling fan or a vent fan. Uh-huh. If it's the first floor, you might be, not be able to do that. What happens when we take showers is we create more moisture vapor in the air. Mm-hmm. That moisture vapor will then gravitate out, mm-hmm. and let's say it goes up, and if your ceilings are dusty at all, now you've created a a conducive environment for uh, microbial growth, as, as our Jeff friend, would as say. Jeff, Jeff right. would say. 
So the first thing you have to do is consider how you're going to fix that moisture, air moisture problem. So it needs to be air movement. Yeah, you want to dry it out. You know, we've talked about this before. I put a timer on the switch in my bathroom so that my vent fan stays on 30 minutes after I leave the shower. Right. And what that does is it tries to pull all that moisture out of the air. If you don't have that possibility, adding some type of a fan in there. I mean, you could put a box fan in there if you wanted to. Right, it doesn't have to be like a installed somehow. No, if you could figure out how to put a ceiling fan in there. Now, you're not going to turn that on when you're in the shower, obviously. You'll freeze to death. But (laughs) after you get all dried off and dressed, I would turn that fan on to try to dry the air out. Now, as far as cleaning up what's there, Uh we're going to go to my favorite product. Concrobium. Concrobium. Yes, I love that concurbium, and you can buy that at the big box stores. You can also, there's a homemade formula that you can find at uh, StingySailor.com. Right. But that stuff, do not, under any circumstances, none, use the Clorox that is rusting all your valves underneath your sink. <laughs> right, right. So do not use bleach. Don't use bleach. No, 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 no. Concrobium. Uh, Pam has discovered this and is now an advocate. I am. Boy, I've used that stuff. I've cleaned my uh, my um, umbrella outside. I've cleaned the stuff off the side of my house with it. Do you know how many people uh, send us emails and say, what was that thing you Yeah, did? I know. It's concrobium. Concrobium. C-O-N, con, cro, C-R-O, <laughs> B-U-M, B-I-U-M. Concrobium. There you go. Yeah. No, awesome stuff. And you can use that. It comes in a spray bottle if you buy it at the big box store. And you can literally spray it on that, wipe it off. It does require a little bit of elbow grease. So you're going to have to work it. You know, it's not like it's not instant gratification like the bleach is. Right. (laughs) The bleach just makes it look like it goes away. But what you've done now. Oh, it's gorgeous and destroyed. It's beautiful (laughs) and it smells all clean. And but the problem that now you've created is you've changed the pH in that wall Mm -hmm. that makes it conducive for the mold or mildew or the microbial growth to now come back. You've created a microbial farm. (laughs) Once you you use bleach. Once you use bleach. Because it it just, it anyway. And it's counterintuitive, folks. We all want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You know, and I do too. I do too. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to think, and and let me say this. My little, my little buddy, I, I got a little guy, his name's Myers. He comes to the house on Mondays and we hang out. And he's in junior high, and he's teaching me how to play chess. Okay? Uh So, and I'm not that smart. But the thing you have to do in chess is you don't think about your immediate move. You're thinking way down the line. Mm -hmm. you got to think about the consequences. So you start using bleach. You really need to think about the consequences. Right, right. (laughs) And what's going to happen down the line. And anything that we do as far as home maintenance goes, you may think that you fixed it. It may seem like it's immediate problem. And all of a sudden, the queen takes the rook out. You just have to be very careful. All right, let's go ahead and get a couple of calls before we got to get out of here. John's on the line in South Haven. What's going on, John? Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I'll make this quick. Uh, we have an air conditioning unit out in the north side back of our house, and uh, we have some moss growing in the fins on the condenser. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, and this may be a question for Felder, not sure, uh, <laughs> is there something like that concrobium or something that will take care of moss? 
I would check with my HVAC technician before I started putting anything on those components because it depends on the type of unit. So, you know, you have some real expensive type units that will handle chemicals, Mm -hmm. but you have some builder grade and lower types that may not. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So and it's actually a good situation, John, because if you're unit it sounds like if it's on the north side of the house i like my air conditioning condensers to be in the shade (laughs) well and that's that's so if you don't know uh what john is is meaning if if it's on the north side it doesn't see sun you're not going to get a lot of sun on it and so so it's it's kind of a good idea but i would talk to my hvac tech before i did anything uh, with that particular component. Because it may be about that unit in particular. Yeah, and think about this, too. Something that also happens, and I learned this from my HVAC guys, is that when your air conditioner is on, when the, uh, you've got a split unit. You've got something on the inside and something on the outside. He actually suggested that when I'm cutting my grass, uh-huh. turn it off. Absolutely. So it doesn't suck it in. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, so because it'll pull dust and debris Mm -hmm. up in there, and then you've got to clean it. On my particular unit, and I know this unit, I use a little garden hose and Mm -hmm. try to clean it out, but I also have a service contract. Well, and we've been told by Timmy on the show here that that you should never use anything with more pressure than your thumb on a hose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be that you could clean it out with that, but it sounds like you've got a prime condition for... That mm-hmm. type of growth. Have we tried uh, concrobium on, on that kind of thing? I wouldn't use it there until I talk to somebody who gave me more information. Okay. okay. Any type of a chemical that you're putting on something that is that expensive and right. that important, I'd really want some guidance on that before I started. Then don't use bleach. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't use bleach. Okay. Woo! Thanks, John. We really appreciate it. Well, and that's how fast the show went. By the way, if you heard the Talk to Us feature today, give it a whirl. You just download the MPB Public Media app, go to the Talk to Us feature, and give us whatever message you want. It's that easy. All right, folks, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions, I can talk, from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman, our skull, our, our skull creener today was <laughs> skull Java cre- Chapman. Uh, for Pam Pibas and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.